Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey there, wonderful ones. This is a special episode, a funny one, a super mellow one actually, because I'm hoovering with Olivier-winning playwright and screenwriter Steph Smith, as well as being an award-winning writer. She also has the much harder job of being my girlfriend. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, generally. If you could take time out to tell other people about it, uh, give it a five-star review, subscribe to it, those things are the dream to me, and I'm so grateful when you spread the word and therefore the love about the podcast. If you've got spare money, you can financially support the podcast with maybe like a one-off fiver or something like that by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering. Or if you can afford to give a monthly amount, even from very tiny amounts, go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll get podcast related cool stuff like totally exclusive content and guest recipes and discount or free tickets to live shows, which are still happening. They're just online. Uh, then do it. Do that, please. That's nice. Right. Let's get hoovering. Me and my dear one are hoovering together, indoors, because we can. (laughs) How lovely is that? And we're having chocolate three ways for brunch. And there's not a crumb of guilt about it. We had a date night in a restaurant. Mm. Walked walked two and a half miles there and back, did you know? No, I didn't. Didn't look at my steps. 
No, I didn't look at my steps. I just looked at a map because I thought, oh, I am quite sweaty oh. for a date night. <laughs> Quite a sweaty activity for a date night, actually, isn't it? That's quite good. Yeah, good feminism of us to have done something, you know, like we were all dressed up, but then we happily sloughed it all off with sweat. Yeah. Not in like the dirty way. No, just walking. Just walking. And quite up quite several steep hills, I'd say. Yeah. In fact, over a park called Hilly Fields. Yeah. That's what it says in the tent. (laughs) Yeah. Um. It's 11am and we're going to have chocolate three ways for this hoovering. Yeah. Do you know what? I think it's particularly excellent to do this right now because as we have crawled or some of us sprinted out of lockdown. (laughs) Thanks for feeding my flowers, by the way. That's actually on theme. It's about eating. Mm, Yeah. I I give them the the food that you give them on day three. Mm, Yeah. um, For one of them had it on day four. One of them's had it on day six. They'll they be alright. They look alright. Yeah, give them some fresh water too. It's n- you can be anti-diet, but not mind if your plants that you've put flowers you've been given for your birthday accidentally have intermittently fasted. <laughs> <laughs> they look good for it, don't they? <laughs> oh, I don't, I'm still. Isn't that awful? I'm so far down the line of anti-dietness. I don't feel like I can say that my flowers look good for oh, intermittent fasting. Fast. Was that bad? They, I mean, the flowers are thriving, but it could just be that they've just had, they've just had the meal they've been waiting. One of them's been waiting for for four days. Yeah, cruel actually. If anything, to the friends who bought me the flowers, thank you. And it's not a, a lack of gratitude that meant I've not looked after them. I'm just very busy, and um, so I just think it's really good as we crawl. Some of us sprint out of lockdown. I said that again, exactly the same as if it was scripted, but it's not. That um, that we are having chocolate three ways mm-hmm. for brunch because there'll be so many people. There will be so many people now. I think who are um, uh, feeling the pressure to, like, I don't know. Get back to their pre-lockdown. Yeah, or especially because I think it's pretty brutal that we've gone from lockdown. Straight onto the beaches. Mm, yeah. It's like that Churchill speech. It, it, we've gone from not like not really being allowed out, like enforced slug sluggism, yeah. to nudity in public. Mm-hmm. Virtually, get fucked. That's a that's it's a cruel wrong, leap. Yeah. yeah. So I bet there's loads of people who have basically decided wrongly that they're not going to have chocolate for ages now. So we're going to have chocolate three Fools. ways. Fools. Fools. We've got. Um, what have I written here? You said you're fine with this, but I am worried that I'm a feeder. <laughs> but first, should we taste and talk about these things? Yeah, let's do it. So we've got a, um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but a sack of tort, sack of torta, sack of tort, sack of tort. Is that a <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's a cake my mum and sister made me for my birthday that they lush. said soaked for three days and it's Austrian. What's it soaked in? I don't know. Tears? <laughs> no, uh, What's joy. I don't know what they soak it in. It looks like it's been soaked in more chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. It doesn't. T- chocolate. It tastes a very rich, moist chocolate cake. Mm. Um, I've got the last Lindor salted caramel ball, and um, we've got some brownies from an amazing lady called Katie. Has a company in East London called Cake or Death. Mm-mm. They look extraordinary. Yeah, I don't know where to start, really. I mean, I, I well, I always think for um, 
cake always makes a nice sort of aperitif. Okay, <laughs> we'll have cake for starter. Half a Lindor each. I can't believe it's the last one. I know, it's because I had one last night. Uh, and then I realised that there's only one left and I thought I could get away I with it. I was about to feed you this like a pervert. I know. No, I don't think you're into that. You just had a face. Well, I, I'm I just worry f- it'll make you love me less. Why? Make me love you less. Oh. No, the other way around. So oh, no, I mean, the if there's around. a danger of it making you love me less. <laughs> I said it the wrong way around. If I fed you. I just... Cake. It would Should be the first really time I'd... Two forks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're already very much in a bubble, darling. Yeah, no, but I meant so that we could eat it at the same time. Oh, right, okay. I won't... You know, you too. I'm going to lay the experience. I don't know how interesting this is for people. Uh, excuse me, this is the vibe of my whole podcast, you bastard. <laughs> no, I know. I know, I don't feel like I'm being particularly interesting. I haven't really let you get a word in yet. It smells very chocolatey. Mm. It looks very chocolatey. Oh. oh, that's good, isn't it? Tastes very chocolatey. Oh, do you that's know? So moist. Yeah, that's what's so impressive. This is um, this is a week old. I mean, is it upsetting to you to tell you for me to tell you that it's no, a week old? No, I knew it was a week old. Um, because it was made for your birthday. And your that birthday was a week, was a week ago. ago. Um, God, it's so. I still want to know what they soaked it in. Hmm. Should I Google it? Because it doesn't taste alcohol. Like, it doesn't feel like it's been soaked in an alcohol. Maybe like a sugar syrup or something. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh. Well, well done, Nikki Greenway. Or Sutt- Nikki Subtle. Natty Greenway. I'm Googling it now. I think that's how you spell it. Satchertort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sackertort with an R. Chocolate cake or tort of Austrian origin. Like you, Invent- you're Just, of Austrian origin. I'm a, I'm a quarter of Austrian origin. You're a quarter cake. Um, invented by Franz Sacker, one of the most famous Viennese culinary specialities. Chocolate cake, blah, 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 blah. Main ingredients, chocolate sponge, apricot jam. Oh. I think it's apricot jam that it's, look, there's pictures of it and it does look even soggier within. Yeah, I'm going to try oh, it again and see if my, I can taste the apricot. Like, yeah. i better try it again and see if I can as well. Hmm. Now I can't imagine... Now I don't know if I'm just imagining apricot. Yeah. Fictitious apricot. Oh, you lost your sense of taste. Yeah. From the, the, from, corona. from the corona. Yeah, it was really tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you wouldn't... Did you imagine things, though? I had friends say... Um, I mean, we should have spoken about this, but that they thought they would drink squash instead of water and they would be able to imagine the taste of squash, but even though they knew they were really only tasting water. Yeah. Mad how much of it's psychological. Totally. I definitely had some moments of going like, come on, taste. Mm. I must be able to taste this. I I ate a whole bowl of garlic and couldn't taste it. (gasps) Raw. Raw. Raw garlic. Couldn't taste it. Might as well have been chewing gum. Just nothing. It was such a, there was just such a weird cognitive disconnect between what I thought I should be tasting and what I was actually tasting, which was garlic and nothing. It was really, it was really disconcerting and also I felt obviously very poorly because of having the virus. Um, And the thing we turn to is, you know, comfort is food Mm. and cups of tea. And even like I desperately wanted, I was daydreaming about tasting a cup of really milky tea. 
because mm. I wanted that for comfort. Yeah. And so I'd make cups of tea and just be like, oh, just like water. Hot water. Yeah. Hot brown water. Yep. Oh no. It was really sad. And at in the end, I think because so that was right at the start of lockdown, so everything was quite unsettled and people were seeking comfort in those sorts Wherever of things. they could, yeah. especially when they're not around the people you'd normally get to touch up. Yeah, exactly. Be cuddle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that you went touch up, then cuddle. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, it was. it made sort of a shit thing even worse because mm. I couldn't seek comfort in the things that one would normally seek comfort in. It was really rubbish. That is absolutely dog shit. And it was like exactly that. The two things you think when you're really ill are, unless it's a gastric thing, you think, well, I want like hot, comforty, tasty food. Can't taste it. Or you want your mum, don't you? We weren't allowed our mums. No. <laughs> no. Awful. I had neither of those things. You sent me some lovely flowers, though. When you were ill? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'd forgotten I'd done that. Mm-hmm. I didn't send you any torturous food that you wouldn't have been able to taste. No, but my friend Rose did send me a pack of... Um, a uh, goodie bag of, like, American novelty sweets. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was annoyed because I'd already bought you American novelty sweets but not mm. yet sent them. Mm. You got... They were good as well. Yeah, not as good as I've roses. Got a, real thing. I've got a real thing for novelty sweets. You've got a thing for novelty foods generally. Yeah, I love... I hadn't got that on my... Th- Talk to me about the, some of the novelty foods you've ever had in your life. You will pick things up and get, like, roll with it, but it means that you discover stuff, I suppose, like... Yeah, but the thing is, what I've realised is even for what I would like to think is a relatively sophisticated woman in her 30s, <laughs> I'm still absolutely drawn to the things that your four-year-old's drawn to, yeah. which is luminescent sweeties and things that taste entirely artificial. And, you know, I've, and I, you know, I, I balance that out. I've been to Michelin yeah. star restaurants. I've eaten some beautiful food, but also I really love... Like American candy. Really? Really? Yeah. Why not? I think that just shows diversity of palette. You can mm. say it like that, can't you? Yeah. I've got a very diverse palette. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I'm not going to fucking judge that. Ever am I? No, but people... Yeah. Others have. Like a, Others have, have yeah, I? Well, just, <laughs> just quietly, quietly sort of found my enjoyment, my really basic enjoyment of novelty sweets yeah um and maybe a bit alarming <laughs> because you know i don't mind it i i can empathize in the sense i'm not into novelty sweets um i just it's it's a it's the syntheticness it's not and the sweetness those yeah, two things aren't my favorite thing every now and again something like you know a good old-fashioned sour nerd bring it on yeah like, I challenge anyone not to enjoy that. Sure. So I can't say I never like those things, but I'm not like, ooh, give me that Australian cherry chocolate bar. Oh, yes, <laughs> All yours, though. All yeah. the more for you. Um, uh, whereas be- I'm big into synthetic, pretend, like those those squares of cheese that come in a really bad for the planet individual packet to mm. put on a burger after a barbecue. Yeah, you do like them. I love them. And um, I started to buy them during lockdown barbecues for the first time in years. Um, it's, to be fair, the first time I've had a garden and a summer mm. to be able to have a barbecue in for a long time. But um, 
I did catch myself sometimes squirrelling one on its own outside of the context of a barbecue. Did you, did you roll it up like a sort of cheese cigar? No, that's a lovely idea. What I did, I sort of folded it in half and then again, it's a small tower, <laughs> like a miniature version of what you'd get in a Lunchables packet. Oh yeah, I never, yeah. I've never had a Lunchable. What? Yeah. Oh, they've all got a rack of ham in them actually, haven't they? I don't uh, think there's a vegetarian yeah. Lunchable. Probably, I don't know. It's been a while no, since there I've... isn't, I don't think. They came out when I was sort of, as a youngin. Did you, did you ever meet, eat meat? Yeah. Did yeah, you? I went vegetarian when I was 15. Right. And um, before that, I, I um, it's difficult to say this and for it not to sound erotic, but I loved meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Why is that so funny? Also, I don't, how did I not know that? I, I suppose I should have known that from how much you love pretend meat. Yeah, I do love pretend. You're meat. big into synthetic meat. Yeah. I I think it's brilliant and the future. And once we can get make synthetic meat in a way where it's full of the same nutrients and it's you know easy yeah. to make. And you're not, I mean, I no animals having to be brown bread for you. You get to love your burger. I didn't. <gasps> I didn't give up meat because I didn't like the taste. I mm. gave up because I didn't believe in the murder of animals for my diet. Have you read that Peter Singer book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's that philosophy. Exactly, speciesism. Speciesism. So speciesism is the assignment of rights. Um, well, it's an examination of the assignment of assignment of rights depending on the species. So, for example, we've given like an arbitrary system that something like a monkey deserves more rights than, um, I don't know, like a turtle. And a turtle should have more rights than a fish because somehow their existence is more valid because they're closer to humans. Or cuter. Or cuter. Good looking. Yeah. Nobody's apportioning much value to an angler fish. Have you seen an angler fish? I have, yeah. Yeah. They're incredible. They're, but also repulsive. Yeah, I mean. They've got all their ex boyfriends dangling off their butthole. <laughs> like a parasite. They just clamp on, they clamp their jaws on. All their exes clamp their jaws into their belly or bum. Who hasn't had that happen? <laughs> and they dangle around and that's it. That's their life. Dangling on like a like parasitic, and as soon as and that's their rest of their life. They just have to wait for her to die, and that's when they get to die. Isn't nature? They beautiful? fuse their gonads into her entire body, and that's their existence. Then, God. And she's just got a light bulb dangling off a great big sort of like almost like a willy dangling out the top yeah, of her head. I know, but who doesn't love feature lighting? <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean that was a big distraction from me because I started to think about an anglerfish. But yeah really low down the old speciesism mm-hmm. list. Yeah. Um, and, the, what, and, and the idea of speciesism is that that's utter bollocks. Yeah. We shouldn't just eat, we just should eat nothing animal at all. Yeah. The, but you're allowed every, to eat the products of them. Um, well, I mean, obviously vegans would, would no, sin. No, no, but yeah, but as part of Peter and your philosophy. No, I think, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure that um, speciesism is directly linked to veganism, so it'd be like we're not allowed to use oh. any facet of an anim- of an animal um, for human consumption or gain. Even if the animal had died? So if an animal had died naturally, could you then, um, even if you weren't prepared to eat it, because it's just... Uh, like kill it but, and eat it? No, if it was dead... Oh, well, I don't know why I'm asking you, I need to ask Peter... Um, like, but you know, it's fast. I, like I'm, I'm interested. Yes, exactly. Whether you could then use the skin for leather and the bones for building things, and you know, if you like, I because I quite 
I quite like the idea know, of the use of a, everything. Yeah, but I would say that that then then the animal product then becomes a commodity. Mm. So I would say no. No. Well, no, like that's that that philosophy. His, his would philosophy, say no. yeah. Me as as Steph Smith, I think if something's dead, tuck in. Do what you want with it. Do what you bloody want with it, within reason. Yeah, don't like get creepy. <laughs> yeah, don't get off of it. Um, Okay, now we're gonna. There's only one Lindor ball left, but I've, let's share it on the podcast because Lint's your favourite chocolate. Yes, it is. For quite an interesting reason, I think. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, I really like Lint chocolate. It's my favourite chocolate because when you have it, it tastes cold. Right. <laughs> I just really enjoy the feeling of it. What's there's interesting? Some, there's something though, about it melting the... that it makes your. It tastes and feels like cold. Lint chocolate tastes cold. Yeah. I wonder what neurons are firing with to give you that sensation. But I kind of know what you mean. There's this almost there's a similar freshness to it, and this might be something that's going to make you boke. But in the right mood, I like it. But it's very rare that I'm in the right mood. Drinking cold milk, mm. a similar experience to that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like cow's milk. Yeah, I've not done it for years. I've not wanted to, and the mm-hmm. idea of it now does actually make me a bit like. Mm. Yeah. But. I can imagine a time, especially maybe as a teenager, where it was a really, that was a kind and delicious thing to do for myself. Mm. I don't think I've, I've never been like, have a glass of milk kind of person. Oh, okay. Well, there's one of these left up. Should we do, it's funny that you say that you like these because they taste cold, but um, the reason there's only one left is because the other night you and Stubbs poached them onto sticks and put them in a barbecue. Yeah, and that was extraordinary i mean it's the it made me understand why some people believe in god <laughs> i just bite it in half yeah i've never shared one before have you they're not very shareable i suppose a little uh, sphere of chocolate huh mm. that was something to look at sorry no i liked it oh. mm. it smells delicious Oh, I love it so much. It's the best Lindor ball that's ever been invented. Also, I really love the colour of the wrapping. Mm, it's a really nice blue, isn't mm-hmm. it? I might keep the wrapper, actually, because... Why? To see if I could one day find a paint in that colour. We'll just buy another one. Okay. <laughs> I think Don't... we've demonstrated our different attitudes to waste. <laughs> well, no, I... But... Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, please. Oh, I... So, what's amazing... Do you think I... it tastes cold? Mmm. Yeah. I think it's the outside that tastes cold, and I don't think I've got enough of the outside. I think it's the inside. Oh. Mm-hmm. I love watching you eat that. Really? Mm. Having such a nice time. Yeah, you look really blissed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it's chocolate. It's big crystals of salt in it, though. Mm. That's what's that. You're a fiend for salt. Fire. I'm an absolute bastard for salt. Just as well you're not related to a slug. No, I know. I was thinking I'm like an anti-slug. Yeah. I could be coaxed along by a pied piper instead of with sweeties, but with like a with a trail of salt, mm. a trail of dead slugs that would be the trail that led me to the wicked witch's house. Cats quite like salt. Do they? Mm-hmm. Am I like a cat, and is that why you're into me? Mm. Yeah, sure. I'm not very sort of. I'm not, not good at parkour, or I'd not like a. a I don't like the idea of sitting in someone's lap for a long time. Mm. Um, I'm hairy. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't think I'm as judgmental as a cat. No, that's true. I think I'm needier than a cat. Yeah. The tail isn't long enough. No. And it's imaginary. Tell me, please, Steph Smith, what is an egg wrap? <laughs> Can't believe you've remembered that. Oh, no, this is... I mean, can I just point out that I'm um, like a grown-up woman who does grown-up things? Yeah, and you're like a very, it. very successful, award-winning writer. Yeah. Um, you are a homeowner. <laughs> You've kept pets alive for a long time. <laughs> You had long relationships. You're very intelligent, academically very well qualified. <laughs> very clean, very well presented, fit as fuck. Oh, um, really kind, really mature, really empathetic. Now tell us what is an egg wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I made a note ages ago where you were like, oh, if we ever do a hoovering, so, you have to ask me about an egg wrap. An egg wrap was something that I came up with. So I work, <laughs> so I work from home a lot. Um, well, now more than ever, but even before the pandemic, I am a freelance writer, so that involves writing from my office at home. And um, I find lunch a very boring meal in that it doesn't have the sort of joyful quickness of breakfast, nor does it have the indulgence and time of dinner. Yes. It's a sort of strange middle ground where I don't really, I really can't be bothered yeah. making a, basically a mini meal. Um, and so basically it's very functional my lunches it's like need some fuel crack on with the day got it um, and my lunches when I'm by myself are quite strange things because they're generally um, what's quick and tasty yeah and there was one day a while ago that I was in the house and I, we didn't have any bread in and um, we've all been there. But we did have some tortilla wraps. Okay. And I quite enjoy a boiled egg. Yeah. Um, I think they're often overlooked because oh, they've been big fan, big fan. Well, they've I think I feel like they've been usurped by their sexier cousin, the poached egg. Yeah, it's true. Way less portable though, guys. Yeah. And actually, less waste, less wastage on a boiled egg. Yeah, I think that's one true. of the things I love about. Also, you can walk away from it. Mm-hmm. For a few minutes, pop yeah. it in, walk away. Yeah, lovely and relaxing compared to you've just got to keep your beady little eye on a poach. She's in and out, isn't she? A poach guy, mm-hmm. and there's always little strangly bits that have gone lost in the water. Yeah, not in can... a boiled guy, not in a boiled guy, exactly. Um, so anyway, I boiled a couple of eggs, yeah, we've all been there, and um, hard boiled. And oh, how many minutes are you talking? Too many. Too I many, probably walked really? away and got distracted by something. Oh, fair came play, back. Yeah. A couple of emails, yeah. 15 minute eggs, a couple <laughs> of 15 minute dusty, um, dusty oak eggs. Um, anyway, chucked them up, uh, popped them in a tortilla wrap, folded it like a burrito, ate the whole thing. <gasps> Which my, um, when I told my then partner, um, she was horrified. It was just eggs and a dry wrap? Yeah. Okay. Um... And, uh, yeah, my then-partner was um, pretty horrified. And in all fairness, everyone I've ever told has been pretty horrified by that meal. Did you chop up the eggs? Did you have it whole? No, no, I cut them into slices. Yeah. And um, it is quite a dry meal. I, I... <laughs> it's made so much drier by how long you boiled the eggs for. Mm. 
45 minutes. <laughs> 45 Um minutes. But anyway, so, yes. I still think I'd quite like it, but I want a tomato. Maybe I want a tomato. Well, the, yeah. the story has a happy ending. Great. Because cut to whatever, a few years later, and I also, have, I kept on having the egg wrap, even though people would mock me for it. Oh, but it was a regular feature? Yeah. Okie dokie. I mean, not regular, but I've had it more than once. Okay. And um, anyway, I'm doing this incredible trip across Mexico um, with the Edinburgh Book Festival, um, travelling with a Mexican playwright, and we're travelling all through Mexico, went to Oaxaca, which is a really interesting place where you think for food, not the restaurant, the actual city, spelt different. Um, And anyway, what are my penultimate stops? Um, was in Merida, which is in the Yucatan Peninsula, which has um, a really big Mayan indigenous population. Mm. And um, I, we, I was being hosted incredibly well by locals and we went to a restaurant that served Mayan food and one of the things on the menu was an egg wrap. What? Yeah, and it turned out that there's this dish in Mexico... In particular, the sorry, the Yucatan Peninsula. Peninsula. Is that what I said earlier? Yeah. Um, that is. I've always pronounced it Yucatan. No, Yucatan. Yucatan. Now I know. Um, it's a tortilla wrap with two boiled eggs sliced up, and in all fairness, this is the one addition is uh, almost like a tahini um, mm. sauce with it, but it's um, it's like sesame. They use a lot of sesame seed in their cuisine. Mm. Um, so toasted sesame seeds turned into sort of a slightly mushy paste. Oh, wow. And so ever since then, Thick. I feel like I've been validated because actually what I'm eating is <gasps> a riff off an ancient Mayan dish. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me. It was kind of just somehow telepathically brought to Glasgow. Yeah. Oh, what an amazing story. Yeah. Delicious. Wow. I mean... I'd be totally into it. I just want it slightly pimped with something like a sesame paste or a tomato. Yeah, something... Just something moist. Something, yeah. Just make anything to make it slightly less arid and I would be all over it as mm. well. Um, I'm sorry you were bullied for it for all that time. Um, you are an amazing cook. You're a big experimenter though. I think compared to me, you're quite sort of cool and like doing things quite last minute and just sort of making things up. I do love making up dishes. Yeah. I love following a recipe too. Do you? Yeah. Okay. But I also quite like winging it in the yeah. kitchen. We've had to sort of find a um, happier equilibrium of me rel- relinquishing a bit of control over the old what we're going to what we're going what's going to be cooked when. Yeah. Here so that there's more room because I think I've just been buying things with recipes in mind and now I'm just like going I'm so chilled now aren't I go just help yourself and cook whatever you want. Use whatever you like. Yeah. You're yeah. so chill. <clears throat> I've become my mum, I realise. Well, my mum hasn't let me cook for years. And when she does, she gives me an exact recipe to follow. Tells me exactly what to use up. I think, but there's a, you know, there's also been this rhetoric about food planning, hasn't there, to stop waste. So what yeah. you're, you're doing that, you're planning your, your meals, making sure you get enough of them and... and you know, there's not. You don't have a lot of food waste in your house. Whereas no. you could argue that the way that I live and do it, there is more waste because I might not necessarily use all I've got. But what I do really like is being handed some ingredients and somebody right. going make a meal. Like I made those croquettes. Oh my god, they were incredible! From some carrots that you were that you were like, these yeah. are off, and I was like, 
Hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm late. Don't dream it's over. I didn't know. I didn't. I haven't prepared a song. Um, should we try a brownie? Yeah. Your croquettes were amazing. Um, well, at the moment there's aubergine and courgettes and about 18 gem lettuces. What should we do that you're welcome to magic into something? Cool. Um, right now? Right now, ready, steady, magic into something. There's one with the lo- right, there's, there's three different types of brownie in here. One with a lotus biscuit on the roof. One with peanuts and peanut butter, and I think probably like a traditional brownie. I want the lotus one. But that does look like bits of salt on it. Oh yeah, that is bits of salt. Mm. I want the lotus one, please. Um, shall I sort of cut it up? Yeah. Do you want me to hold the mic? Yes, please. Um, are there any foods or drinks that you hate that most people love? Um, yes. Tell uh, me them. I do not enjoy baked beans. Oh, yeah, you don't. Mm-hmm. I need to stab myself in the leg then. I know. Um, how much of this? Yeah, a quarter maybe, if we're going to try more than one. Yeah. I feel like I'm already pretty buzzing off the chocolate we've consumed. Oh, really? I. The danger of doing this fresh out of the gym for me, not that I've been to a gym, I've been to a private one that was in the open air, um, is that um, I'm liable to sort of eat as much of this, like a meal's worth of this, yeah. and then feel horrible later. But I think this, this looks sturdy, sturdy, wordy. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I don't like baked beans. Don't like beans. Lot, I understand that. A lot of people are quite fussy about beans. Well, only, I've got a friend that will only eat them cold. Oh, God. Lots of people that will only eat them hot. Why would you only eat them cold? That's, that feels worse to me. I think maybe that's the thing you don't like about them then is that kind of metallic-y, iron-y. There's something about the fact I mean, that they've the come... even the smell of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find them really comforting. Nope. No? I do not. They're sort of a bit sugary. That's nice. Yeah, and I do like sugary things. Yeah, as weird. we've spoken about lots. Um, yeah, I don't like baked beans. Um, I'm not a particularly picky eater. Like, I don't, there's no, that's probably like the biggest thing I don't like. You don't like mushrooms unless they've been done very properly. Well, yeah, but that, it's not that I don't like them, it's being a vegetarian, I've just had so many meals based around mushrooms that I've got mushroom fatigue. I don't know. Do you think it's a carnivore's um, kind of idea of a meaty vegetable? Yeah. And that's why it's the base of so many vegetarian things. Well, it's like filling, things. isn't it? It's like... Also, it's fatty, like mushrooms and avocado. You get mushroomed and avocadoed out all the mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. I... But I still sort of make you stuff with them in sometimes. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. No, I don't not like them. It's not a dislike of them. It's just so many mushrooms and so many rest- So many mushroom risottos, so many... Um, burgers that instead of a burger they give you just a big mushroom oh that can get fucked i love a mushroom stroganoff but my god where instead of a burger there's just a fuck off great big sweaty mushroom in there no make a fake burger for me yeah exactly even if you've done it out of actual vegetables totally i'm really with you on that can we try this um um, brownie with a lotus biscuit on top a biscoff that's what they're called aren't they which are vegan aren't they all these brownies are vegan Blush. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, cake or death, for this. Mm. Oh, so God. moist again. Oh wow. Mm. 
Wow. I feel like I'm eating louder than I've ever eaten in my life. No. Mmm. Mmm. But it's delicious. Oh my god, it's so good. That feels so decadent. Mmm. And like, you can tell it's been made with care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can taste the care. You can taste the care. A squidgy middle, crusty roof. Amazing streaks of like... I think it must be that like Biscoff spread mm. that you can get. I've never had that before. Oh, I've regularly ogled it. Yeah, me too. I feel like I don't need to know how much I'd like it. <laughs> you say that all the time. You said that about... Greg's vegan sausage rolls. Greg's vegan sausage rolls. And then you tried one and you were happy you did. Oh, they're extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You but said it about KFC vegan burger. Yeah, I know I'd love that. Yeah. I want to try the things we know. We should want to try the things we know we'll love. I'm just worried you're suddenly going to want to eat every day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm not good on the old self-control when I know I like a thing. <laughs> like, I'm the kind of person that once, you know, one time I found a T-shirt that I really liked the cut of, so I bought, like, five of them. Mm. So that, and I just wore them all for a summer. Mm-hmm. The same black T-shirt. I think everyone was like, are you having a breakdown? <laughs> but I was like, no, I just really like this one particular black T-shirt. Yeah. That's the kind of person I am. Oh, that brownie is so still distracted by how yummy that brownie was. Really, like, it's almost liquidy level of inner gloop. Yeah, it was good. That's the least like, dry hot. and dusty vegan brownie I've ever had. It's yeah. so nice. You wouldn't know that was vegan. Yes, I wonder what they're like hot. They taste like... They taste like brownies normally taste when they're hot, but cold. Yeah. Incredible scenes. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Cake or Death. Um, that's good, isn't it? We we could buy people presents of those and send them to them. Yeah, because there's the sh- they're it looks a like letterbox. A gift box it's coming, a really like cute. Like a letterbox shape, aren't they? So Ooh. that you can get them posted. Mm. That's exactly the thinking behind that package. Clever guys, very clever guys. Not being paid to pick them up. Just sent me some free brownies. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you are a writer, and I want to know if you've ever written a play or a screenplay where people have to eat as part of it... And if you have, was that a conscious decision? I know there's a character in one of your plays who's not eating. Yes. In my place, while well, there's a yeah. woman who abstains from eating. Um, mm, no, I haven't ever written specifically about eating. No, but I mean, has there just been a scene where someone had to eat something? Oh, have you never had that? It's quite a hard thing to do, isn't it? Because obviously, if you're in a play, especially, mm. you've really got to eat it. And human animals, night after night, day after was, day, which was a play that was actually inspired by speciesism. A woman eats needles. Oh dear! As an act of self-destruction. Needles. Yeah, sewing needles. So how did that go? In how did they do that in the play? Um, she in the production. It was an actor called Stella Goni. Yeah. Um, and. She just slowly placed, um, it was actually pins, pins into a wine glass. And so you sort of got the intention. And just as she brought the wine glass up to her lips, there mm. was a scene change. Ah. Uh, mm. So she didn't the actually... The magic of theatre. The magic of theatre. And she didn't actually have to hospitalise herself night after night yeah. no because you can learn sort of bit types of sword swallowing and things like that can't yeah. you oh I'd love to learn all those tricks would you it's got nothing to do with eating no not to do to watch and learn how they're done oh. I don't want to be a stunt woman Steffi that's nice to have hobbies <laughs> talk to me about eating growing up um what 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 it was like yeah yeah I was a really picky eater as a kid were you? Super picky. Um, like classic, only wanted chicken nuggets and potato waffles and peas. Um, oh, sorry, that was a loud. It was almost as if it wasn't a fart, it was the bottom of the box. brownie box. Um, so, yeah, I was very picky. Um, and, yeah, my poor mum, who did the vast majority of the cooking in my house, um, would quite often have to make, like, a meal for them. Oh, no, and, and one for you. And then, like, a meal for me. Or, like, I would have a riff off them, but, like, a more basic bitch meal. Right. Which is weird, because as an adult, I'll eat anything, but with within vegetarian parameters. Yeah. I'm not picky in the slightest, so I did grow out of it, but I was a very picky eater as a child. And and also, you know, my mum was, you know, my mum worked. I was a working mum, and my dad mm. was working. And so we, you know, we had nice meals, but they weren't... Um, you were quite cool. I thought. Um, do Do you tell me once you were allowed to have t- like TV dinners? Yeah, every oh, night. Oh God. Yeah, we. That so... is ex- uh, to me that was exciting and rare. <laughs> oh really? Did you yeah. have to set the table? No, no. I probably ate in t- me. I ate in front. Rare in terms of people I've spoken to. I think. Oh what in regards to having? Yeah, but maybe not actually. I often would have been just eating on my own. Yeah. No, I no. Me and my sister always had uh, dinner in front of the telly every night. Oh, cool. What neighbours? 
Neighbours, yeah. It was Neighbours dinner. Um, yeah, I didn't realise that was an odd thing until I realised that like other some people sit at a table. Well, I do remember thinking, um, I do remember my cousin Stan and George, who I'm really close with and was even when I was a kid, they would have sit-down meals as a family and thinking, well, oh, very posh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we did that on Sundays, maybe over a roast oh, wow. or a brunch. On yeah, a I mean, Saturday. we did that if we had vis- like, obviously if we had visitors. Yeah. Or like Christmas Day, we'd all sit around a table, but yeah. like the rest of the time, no, we would or like or like we'd all sit and watch the telly together and have dinner. Fair play. Um, but usually it was just me and my sister, like weekdays, and then yeah, on a Saturday night or something, if we were all watching. The Generation Game, for example. Or yeah. We'd sit and have TV uh, dinner in front of the telly. Nice. All together. But yeah, we didn't sit, we didn't sit around a table together. But you still ate together at the same time. I th- that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind it. I didn't. I no. Like... Oh no, it sounds great. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we did much eating together at the same time. Yeah. I think everyone just ate what they wanted to. Yeah. No, my mom Did you have any rules when you were growing up about eating? I just only because I'm getting to the point where I'm my son's getting to an age where I think I can tell him to shut his mouth, please, while he's eating. That was basically my only rule. Mm. But I had friends who like so so for example when I went to my nana's, um, if Auntie Jean was there, we children had to eat in another room and we weren't allowed our elbows on the table. Oh right, yeah. No. Didn't have rules. Mm. No. Just, yeah, don't eat, like, don't play with your food and don't eat um, with your mouth open. Although I did, like, I did I did do a lot of playing with my food when I was a kid. I think the, I think the kind of um, bougie middle class idea, well, and probably based on some research now, is to let kids play with their food mm. a bit. Yeah. Otherwise it's all a bit stressful. And serious. Yes. And yeah. feedery. But yeah, no, I remember... When I first started going to, like, we did eat out as a family, but we, I also grew up somewhere really, really rural, so it's not like we ate out loads. Um, and I remember, like, as an adult or, like, you know, in, like, your early 20s when you start actually going out for meals, not just, like, going for pub grub. Mm. I remember being, like, quite nervous about, like, like the elbows on the tables or, like... What the rules mm-hmm. were, etiquette. Yeah. yeah, funny. Yeah, and that's not because I hadn't, like, you know... It's, we'd as I say we'd eaten in restaurants as a child as a child <laughs> like yeah. um but I think there's something about suddenly being an adult and like going like oh god do I know the rules yeah I mean I definitely don't in terms of you know if you go somewhere really posh and there's different stages of cutlery for different things and that and how to use different knives for mm. shuckings or different forks that have got a slopey edge on one side Fish or fork. Right, yeah. No, I mean, I don't. I don't know how to use um, specialist cutlery. Well, maybe that's a good thing about being a vegetarian. Is there's not like it's not like there's an aubergine spoon. Yeah. Although I had a vegan burger last night and was given a steak knife for it. Yeah. That was pretty snazzy. Yeah. So nice. Um, I think that sounds amazing. What about your relationship with eating? Always been rosy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've had a particularly bad relationship with it I think um, should we eat one of these brownies yeah do you like to um, I would say it's been yeah peanut butter peanut butter one mm. oh 
Wow. I really enjoyed the whole peanut on top of that. Mm. Oh my God. The peanut to brownie ratio is amazing mm -hmm. in this. Yeah, and also as moist as the last mm. one. Mmm. Fierce. That peanut. Excellent. Mm. Um, I wouldn't, I would say I've had like a pretty unexceptional relationship with food in mm. that it's very probably similar to most people, most women in particular. Most women. Like I definitely have been suckered in by all the ad campaigns of like, this is a good food, this is a bad food, mm. rather than seeing all food as neutral beings. Yeah. Um, and I definitely feel guilt if I feel like I've eaten too much. Oh, right. Um, definitely feel, sometimes I can feel guilt if I don't feel like I've made a healthy choice. Okay, really? Yeah. But I don't, but I don't. Of course, I don't know why I'm saying really. It's just sort of almost universal, isn't mm. it? It's so ingrained in us from actual birth for our generation and probably for a few before us that, um, it's all our language, isn't it? It's just—it's even in, in language, even if it's not in behaviour. Even if you've got role models all around you who are eating what they want when they want, and it's yeah. all detached from you know any from emotion. If our language is all about <clears throat> treat and mm -hmm. um, definitely use food as treats. Yeah, that's definitely like I remember particularly when I was and like during stages of my life when I was very poor, mm -hmm. like. If I had, a, you know, like things like halloumi were a massive treat because they mm. were so expensive. Yeah. Um, and so I think I've never quite shaken off that. That's like there are certain foods that feel like treats because either of how much they cost or because I perceive them as having, you know, for example, maybe there's lots of calories in it. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is a treat yeah, thing, yeah. Which I think is probably not, you know, that's not a neutral relationship with food, is it? But also it, you know from listening to other interviewees you've had on your podcast, I don't feel like I've got a particularly... No, you're not... A, yeah. I've, yeah. I've never had a particularly difficult relationship with eating. But that's amazing. Mm. It's just that... It, I just The reason the question's always in there is that I think... It's just that stark difference between... The, the, the majority of chaps will have the answer you've given... Mm. And, it, and and women often too, but at some point during their teens, childhood, or, you know, at some point, most women will have made themselves sick That's at some point. Mm. That's so dark, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but if yeah. you've never, like, even flirted with really disordered eating, that's an, an incredible feat, really. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't feel like I've ever... It, and actually, if... That's not to say I've not dieted. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. You're not... Uh, but isn't it funny how far we've come that actually we can it like acknowledge well, we you can like go well actually even even hearing the call to diet mm. is like a nice ideal yeah um, but then also I think I need to check myself that hearing that call and even listening to it is maybe you know f for me it's so destructive that because I know mm. where it will end and it will end actually in disordered eating for me and weight gain like yeah. it, you know it will do the opposite of what it's meant to do and it will make me very very sad mm. and um you know and fuck my fuck my mental health and fuck my physical health if i mm. start dieting i've definitely done calorie counting and diets mm. and i've been smaller than this and bigger than this yeah 
like and I definitely unfortunately feel better about myself if I'm smaller yeah and that's not a good thing I suppose well it's just what we've been trained it's what we've been trained to do I think you can um I don't know, I've got no judgment for any of it. I think it's a female condition. Mm. I genuinely do. And I mean that in the, in the inclusive sense. Uh, and also, I, I, I am the same, you know. Yeah. I think... Um, but, like... Do you know- I, I've, done a, I could, I've, I've done so much work on my relationship with eating, and it's kind of there in the sense that I don't beat myself up over what I've eaten. I mm. don't overthink it. I have a really, I think, broad, nutritious yeah. diet of stuff. I love cooking. I love eating. Um, I'm not, like, mindful to the point where I, but I, I could be more. But I'm not there on, on the body stuff yet. Mm-hmm. I do feel better when I've... I do feel more confident when I'm, yeah. well, I'm smaller. And I'm... But I don't know, you know, it's very... It's fucking hard. But what's in, like... When I think about... So we've been together just over a year. Mm. Or we met we met over a year ago. Yeah. Um, and and I was smaller then. And I, I have definitely put on weight since we've been together. But also I'm probably happier than I've ever been. And mm. we've had some lush experiences eating and drinking in gorgeous places. Yeah. And I think when I remember having to have a conversation with myself... Like, when I first noticed, I was like, oh, my clothes are a bit tighter or, yeah, you know, yeah, going yeah. up a dress size, whatever. That I had to be like, yes, it's because, but it, but that's come from because you've loved more and you've been loved more and... Just really happy and it, relaxed and... And done lo- loads of beautiful things with somebody you love. And so, and that helped. Yeah. Yay! Mm-hmm. I'm in my time. Tell me about a time where you ate something out of awkwardness or embarrassment, if there was one. Um, when I was in South Korea, um, this isn't about what I ate, because what I ate there was absolutely delicious, although I'm pretty sure I accidentally ate quite a lot of fish. Yeah. Um, in um, broths. In broths. I've had a lot of people say that, even vegans say that, yeah. that in um, had a really hard time in East Asia generally. Yeah. Uh, avoiding fishy broths, but, but um, the, the, their although, skin was amazing afterwards. <laughs> oh really? I didn't, yeah. I, notice any, I didn't notice my skin. I just knew that I'd eaten accidentally eaten loads of fish. Yeah. Um, although I did have um, it's called temple food, and it was um, went to a Buddhist temple, and um, you can eat for free. Well, you make a donation, mm. and the food there has no animal products in it whatsoever, and it was absolutely extraordinary. It's one of the mm. nicest meals I've ever eaten, but. Um, I was there for work and we got taken out for dinner to a very swanky dinner. Um, it was actually, it was sort of like a gastro version of temple food. Um, and I um, had like this strange um, brain blip in the middle of the meal where I totally forgot how to use chopsticks. Oh shit. Yeah, like I was doing really well. <laughs> and then all of a sudden like, and I, was, I wasn't even drunk or anything. I just suddenly went... <gasps> What are doing? Yeah. Oh, it's shit. like I overthought Love. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was very embarrassing. Because it was a bit posh and it was a bit worky. Yeah. Um, and it was a shame because the food was apps. Uh, you know, I had some extraordinary meals. What did you do then? Just start sort of using your hands? 
<laughs> just dipped my face into the bowl. <laughs> um, no, I'd have done that. If I was really hungry and it was really delicious, I'd be like, I'm just going to have to find a way of doing this hand to mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just, I did it really slowly and hopefully, and was like just begging not to be asked any questions so I could just sort of slowly get on. Or just use them as skewers, the yeah. chopsticks, just stabbing in. Felt very um. embarrassed and co- felt very culturally insensitive oh, and shit. fair play. Um, but do you want to know something else interesting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, it's not, it's not, I don't know how interesting it is, but when I was in Oaxaca, I ate insects. Yeah, you did tell me about that. And actually, that's the only piece of meat I've knowingly eaten since I was 15. Mm. So I've been vegetarian more than I've not been vegetarian in my life now. Yeah. Um, but I did, when I w- was travelling for that work trip through Mexico, everyone, and I said I was going to Oaxaca, everyone was like, oh, you've got to try the insects, because they're, f- they're famous mm. um, for being delicious. And so while I was there, I ate a tamale, which had ant larvae in it. And I ate um, a a cricket taco. How did it go? It was actually pretty delicious. (gasps) Really? Uh, The larvae slightly freaked me out when I thought about it. Yeah. But actually, it just sort of felt like it tasted like a nondescript protein. Okay, fine. Um, And the crickets, again, were delicious because they'd been cooked in spices mm. so it was most of the spices and they crunched um and i sort of it was a really funny thing i enjoyed it enjoyed it enjoyed it and then all of a sudden like the thought hit me and i was like i don't think i can do this anymore right 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 oh how interesting i ate a cricket for the podcast and hated it did you why because it's, it's crunching it wasn't i didn't mind things crunchy it was just all as it was just all legsy and yeah. it was just like, I just couldn't get the idea of it all feeling like sticks in my mouth. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, even... If it was ground up, and like they're grinding up, mm. aren't they, insects, and putting them inside chocolate yeah, bars right. and stuff. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think it's the, what, it's the most sustainable yeah. way of eating Oh, the protein. per gram, the amount of protein yeah, in them insects is incredible. Yeah. What it, and, and the carbon needed to get them, or har- even harvest them, yeah. fuck all. I mean, they are really potentially incredible news for yeah, the planet. exactly. And, I, and I'm such... Although I would never... You know, that's the anomaly in my life where I have chosen to eat meat. Mm. But I'm not squeamish about people eating odd things. Like, no. I hate squeamishness. I'm like, if, you, if you're going to eat like the whatever the miscellaneous bit of beef that looks like a traditional piece of meat mm. if you're going to eat that then you have to be up for eating yeah. the heart the lungs that you know like yeah. do all the eating please because i can't stand that there's the singular part that is somehow okay more okay than the rest of it yeah because you're kidding yourself that you're eating meat yeah um and that's the thing that pisses me like i i i feel like people you know, I try not to be super militant mm. to other people about my vegetarianism, and I was, bre- and I have been. There've been patches of my yeah. life that I've been vegan, um, and you know, in many ways, I sort of still wish I was. But traveling has made traveling for work made that increasingly difficult. Mm. Um, also, as I've got older, I felt less. I felt less absolutism mm. about my eating choices. Like I still, you know, most of the time would be vegan. But, quite, you know, like, it's sort yeah. of... Not thinking about it as yeah. much anymore. 
That's just relaxing and growing up, though, yeah. I think, a bit. And also, you know, I think any sort of absolutism when it comes to food is dangerous. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but I do get annoyed when people are squeamish about eating certain types of meat because... If they're, if they're carnivorous yeah. anyway. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, I mean, I think you're allowed to be like, hmm, I really hate the taste of this yeah. type of waffle or whatever. But ultimately, it's like, no... You know, what you're eating should, if you're going to eat animals, you should eat animals so that it's, you're aware it's animals you're eating. Exactly. You know, off the bone and, like, it looks like something that was once alive, not people who are like, I'll have it if it's reformed into something mm. that you you could completely pretend had, totally. was and just a fake protein. You're like, well, what's the fucking point then? Just eat the fake proteins. Yeah. And to be honest, coming, being um, vegetarian and vegan... Um, has made me a better cook by far because you have to get better you have to unless you want to eat the same meals all the yeah. time or have lots of ready pre-made stuff just have a lot of bread and <laughs> yeah uh, you have to sort of be pretty inventive yeah, yeah and, it, and it's encouraged me it made it snapped me out of being a picky eater yeah because I couldn't be picky and it made I'm sorry. it made me want to be a better cook Mm. Um, and I can't imagine a world in which I'll ever eat meat again. Amazing. Ever. Good for you. An alien does a prank on us and sets off what sounds like a planet-sized fire alarm whose battery is low. So every 20 seconds it chirrups three very loud, stabby-sounding beeps. At first people think it's funny and interesting, and then everyone starts going slowly but totally berserk and doing murders and stuff. Standing on chairs and flapping tea towels at the sky and more murders, etc. <laughs> Luckily, the alien has agreed to pack it in, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Steph, do a really lovely gentle dance from the early 60s called the Holly Gully, but um, you have to do it without ever stopping for 34 and a half hours. It sounds impossible, but you do it! Woo-hoo! You're a hero! Oh, my days. Your reward is to go down in history as the woman who saved us all from um, the aliens bleeping alarm battery. Finally. And the murdering. Um, but your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. And you are as happy and as hungry as it's possible to be. So this is the opposite of a last meal scenario. I would love to know, were there no consequences to anything? I don't care about health, ethics, anything. So all the animal stuff, irrelevant. Um, In your dream scenario where anything, even the impossible is possible, what would you eat, what would you drink? And if there's a who, with and where, then who, with and where? Oh, um... Well, it definitely wouldn't involve meat. I'll oh, really? That's interesting. I will never... The consequences, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd want to eat it with you. Oh. <laughs> you're sort of under quite a lot of pressure to say that, aren't you, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I would... Ha- what would I have? Um, a celebratory meal. I would want it to be... What would you do? No, this isn't for me. This is you. Oh. You can do a hoovering on me one day if you like. Oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. Would you? Yeah. That's a nice idea. Um, you can do it next week if you want. Okay. Um, I would have... So the first thing that pinged into my mind is Ding. my is my best friend's macaroni cheese. Oi, oi. My friend Rose is an incredible cook, and she's been on one of these, in fact. Okay. Um, and she makes the most amazing macaroni cheese with, like... 
four different types of melty cheese. Right. Um, and I love it. I love macaroni cheese. Roses are the most extraordinary cook, so yeah. we'll have roses, macaroni cheese. Um, I would want so. Hold on, does it have to like be like a meal, or can it be like random stuff? Oh, whatever you fucking like. There's no rules. Mm. Nothing has to be possible. You can say I'll have an imaginary food called blib blib that would taste of a bit of this and a bit of that. Mm, no. So for starters. I would have um, manchego cheese and quince jelly. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's yes. my absolute favourite thing on a tapas menu. Nice. Um, or pinchos. Yeah. Oh, I love pinchos. Um, we haven't spoken about pinchos. I'm sorry. So. We have now. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, that's what I'd have for starters. For mains, I'd have roses, macaroni, cheese, mm. maybe with a side of garlic bread, mm. or because I'm Scottish, maybe some chips. Yeah, let's have it all. Um, I really like, um, my favourite combination is pea and mint. Yes, so, you really love pea and mint. I've, and you love dill, we've not even spoken about, how can we have not mentioned dill? Oh, I've never met anyone that loves dill like you love dill. I love dill so <laughs> much. Okie dokie. Um... I loved it. To the point where last night we were walking home from date night and walked past an off-licence and I was like, I can see some dill, stuff." <laughs> yeah, and I went, oh, I love dill. I love dill. It's underrated. It's under, yeah. And also as a vegetarian, I don't get, it's like quite often with fish, right? Yeah, it's salmon and dill, isn't it? Yeah, which I'm obviously not going to eat salmon. Mm, I am. Um... But, uh, yeah, I'd ha- I love pea and mint. Cool. So I'd have some minted peas. Okay. Um, I feel like I should be saying something like ex- like extraordinary gastronomic. No, I don't think from... so, Okay. <laughs> um, and then for dessert. Yeah, um, here we go. I, I would have... <laughs> what are you laughing at? No, I just think you're going to go big on dessert. <laughs> As in numerically, not like... One massive thing, but who knows? I just think your list might be long. Yeah. I'd have a sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and I'd. Um, you having an ice cream with that or nope. cream? Nope. No. No, no, I do not need those things. And it's hot. Okay. Hot sticky toffee pudding. Yeah. Um, I'd also. I'd. Oh, what I would also then like after that is like a small chocolate and a coffee. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Thank you. And through it, I would drink... What sort? You can have an espresso? Yeah. Wow. And through it, I would drink... I might have a... With my uh, manchego cheese and quince mm-hmm. jelly. Yeah. Um, You'd get your wine menu with this, would you? Yeah. I, well, with or would you have a, would have you a have cocktail? cocktail? Yeah. Oh, what are you going to have? Um, I might have an April spritz. Yeah. Or... Um, I like a margarita. Mm. Um, and then with my main course... With the macaroni cheese, um, made by my best friend. Yeah. Pea and mint and chips. I'd have a nice German Riesling. Oh, lovely! My absolute favourite wine. A really dry, crisp, ice cold. Yeah. White wine. And then with dessert, I might drink um, some amaretto. Mm. Mm. I love amaretto. Great. And then I'd have my coffee and chocolate. Amazing. And you'd be there, and we'd be sitting... Just me? Hmm, good question. I mean, I suppose Rose would have to be there, because she's made the macaroni yeah, cheese. Yeah, there's party vibes about this, I reckon. Yeah. You're having your bestie there, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and um, we'd sit outside because I love sitting outside in winter. Great. Thanks very much for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Mmm. Delicious. What a glorious guest. I think I can say that objectively. Quite, quite objectively. Uh, if you want to find out what Steph is up to and what she's writing and the th- where the things that she's writing are on, follow her on Twitter. It's at Steph with an F Smith. Uh, all her plays are available from all the usual places where you'd buy books, but they're all published by Nick Hearn Books. And she has written a pilot drama for BBC called Float, which is um, on iPlayer. I think it's like 15 minutes long. It's fucking amazing. Um, check that out. Um, there's a full series coming soon, so I would say check it out sooner rather than later, um, because I imagine they'll take the pilot down when the series gets made and starts going on there. Links to everything I've just mentioned, by the way, including links to all the things we ate in the podcast, uh, like the amazing cake or death brownies, the vegan ones, as ever, are in the podcast notes. They're over on Acast, uh, where the podcast comes out from. On the Acast page for each episode of Hoovering, there is like a list of podcast notes that I do to go with it. And anything in capitals on that list is a link that if you hover over it and click, and then you... uh, yeah, you'll find out exactly where to buy cake or death brownies. Feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews or recommendations or with uh, cold hard cash, if you like. Go on Acast Supporter or monthly uh, on Patreon. Links again in the podcast notes. Make sure you're following at Hoovering Pod on Twitter and Instagram to find out about live shows and other eating fun things. Follow me if you want, at Jessica Foster Q. If you've got anything longer than a tweet to send me, you can email me through my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.